Hey, welcome to the Faith NFM podcast. We appreciate your time today, and we encourage you to head on over to faithnfm.com where you can find the notes for this presentation, as well as links to all that's happening around Faith Assembly. Our hope is that this message helps move you forward in your faith journey. Again, good morning. We have some activities that are going to be in store for our our beautiful little ones right after service. We'll have some more information on that to come. But I want to kick off this morning with a simple question, and it's this. What does it take to be made right with God? What does it take to be made right with God? Now, we live in what is now known as a spiritual pluralistic society. All you have to do is show up to a funeral and someone will say, hey, you know, their pain is no longer here. They're they're in a better place. Or have you ever heard this line, if you've ever been to a funeral, they're they're looking down on me. Like someone comes up and says, grandma is now looking down on me. I don't know about you, but there are moments I can guarantee I don't want my grandmother looking down on me. Before my wife, Brittany, you saw her up here, I was this young strapping thoroughbred trying to find Mrs. Wright. And I remember I went to dinner, some friends set me up with this lady and we were on a date, blind date, didn't know much about her. And you know, the awkward question always pops up, hey, what is it that you do? And I said, well, I'm studying to be a pastor. Her response to me is, oh, that's cool, Uh, I love God and I love great moral people and I'm you know I'm, I'm there I'm like yes found somebody and she's like yeah I see God in the trees I see God in the dogs and then my mind goes if God's in the tree God's in the dog how does that play out tracking with me there we go you'll get there spiritually pluralistic world people have no problem talking about God or a divine creator it's when it comes to the exclusion and the, the words that Jesus says, his, his exclusivity to how to get to God. That's when the controversy begins. That's when people start to kind of to, to push back. In John 14, 6, Jesus says this. It's a simple but powerful statement. He says, Jesus told him, I am the way, I am the truth, and through, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Now, we live in a very tolerant, all-inclusive culture where the push is, if, if you take a stand, if you say a word, that you can ostracize, off-put people, and it can be very alarming. But my friends, Jesus was very, uh, very pointed on how we get to God. Let's just briefly highlight four major world religions and the difference between them. We have Buddhism, there's no God. No type of final existence, countless rebirths, the endless cycle. Hinduism, we contrast that with. There is a God, impersonal God, approached through idols, statues, and deities. When it comes to Buddhism and Hinduism, both fall into no forgiveness of sins, no supernatural health, no, 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 no uh, divine power, just karma. Good for good, bad for bad. Or then we come into 
world religion, Muslim, when it comes to worshiping a, a, a personal God, they do by the name of Allah. No secondary gods, no idols. Your standing is based on what you've done, your devotion, and your works. Or maybe we've had the new age where I'm one with the cosmos. God is everywhere. I see him everywhere. My friends, we contrast that with Jesus' exclusive claim to how to get to God. Jesus is different beyond all accounts when it comes to world religions. Jesus, he was a, a personal God to us, is a personal God to us, that God loved us so much that he came down from his throne to rescue us lived a sinless life, a perfect life, because he cared for us so that we could have a relationship with him. He died and rose again so that we would know him in a real and true way. Being right with Jesus, not through deities, efforts, works, is complete faith. So I just want to challenge you to acknowledge Jesus this morning. See, we can acknowledge Jesus. We can acknowledge that there's good moral standings in other world religions, but we have to acknowledge that there is a drastic difference between being someone who follows Jesus and other world religions. So today, my ask is that you acknowledge Jesus. Not that he's just in the room, not that he's just present, not that we just sing songs about him or, or read and talk about him, but you accept that you acknowledge that there is, at the end of the day, there is a hope, and his name is Jesus. I also want to acknowledge, and this is what I'm not asking, I'm not asking that you think we're the best church, that we're the best denomination. I'm not asking you to acknowledge that Christians have it all together because boy, we know not every Christian has it together. And I'm not even asking you to acknowledge that I'm this perfect individual because you can ask my wife or anybody in my family, I'm definitely not. But today I'm asking you to acknowledge Jesus. So I wanna to touch on three ways we can acknowledge Jesus. We acknowledge Jesus, the ministry of Jesus. We acknowledge the ministry of Jesus. Mark chapter 2, verse 16 says, But when the teachers of religious law who were Pharisees saw him eating with the tax collectors and other sinners, they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he told them, Healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. I have come to call out not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. A claim that I want you to understand. Jesus did not come for those who bought into religion. Jesus came for relationship. Jesus comes for those who religion rejected. Jesus' ministry... His naysayers, they never argued that what happened in Jesus' time 
didn't exist. They, they believed what happened in Jesus's life, that Jesus was a great man who blessed people, who fed hungry people, who cared for those who are less than orphans, widows, those hurting in society. Jesus cared for those people who were, were down and out. He gave money to the poor. His ministry was very real and people acknowledged it. Secular works say that Jesus existed. Other religions, of, uh, they, they say Jesus is alive and was alive. But what they did not like was Jesus himself. But we can't discount the work and the truth of Jesus' ministry. We have to acknowledge that. All of us gather today, when you look to your left, your right, forward and backward and down even at your phone, Millions and billions of people are acknowledging Jesus's ministry. We are the byproduct of Jesus's ministry. We have some friends here with us. Their names, Matt and Carrie, and they are just an incredible, incredible couple. They've been at faith for a little over a year now. This was um, about two weeks before one of Matt's biggest moments in his life when he was diagnosed with stage three oral cancer. You can see this picture right here of some of the things that he's went through, the, the swelling in his neck there. And uh, Carrie by his side all the time. And then you can see this beautiful family. As you can see, that's, that's Matt, that's Gavin, Grayson, and Carrie. They've been with us for over a year. Um, if you learn his story, he, he showed up to faith one day and, and before that surgery, their marriage was in a rough patch. They were going through some challenging times. They relocated from up north, didn't know if this was gonna be a place for them. And then to come to find out, he had diagnosed with stage three oral cancer, walked into the dentist one day. And before you know it, that canker sore reoriented his life. He had over 60 to 75% of his tongue removed. 81 lymph nodes. But if you talk to Matt right now, he would say this is the greatest part of his testimony is that things are going great for him, that things have seemed to be lockstep in tune with God. He and Carrie and their boys are direct connection because of Jesus's ministry. Phenomenal, life restored, marriage restored, hope poured into a family's life. But we also have another awesome story. This lady by the name of Isabella. Isabella, uh, she got saved in October 2021 in our youth midweek service. Happens every Wednesday at seven o'clock. She met Jesus for the first time. With that being said, youth, we're a big missions giving church. We love to support people who are far from, uh, far from our homeland of America and the United States, and we try to reach other communities. And so through an organization called Speed the Light, this is, what she, this is a way she contributed. If you check this out, I wanna show this next picture of her on her uh, horse. She barrel races. And so she would win and she's phenomenal. She's super talented. And so you know what she does with her winnings? She contributes to missions so that people can meet Jesus. Ministry directly connected that we have to acknowledge how Jesus has worked in our lives. My friends, all of us have been directly impacted 
by Jesus and his ministry. We have to acknowledge that. And for myself, I was probably one of the worst individuals. I was probably one of those individuals that people stereotyped, called a hypocrite, struggled with. I was that complacent Christian, one foot in, one foot out. And I wrestled with who God truly was to me. Through a moment and sequence of events, God gripped my heart, changed my life, and I stand up here because of Jesus' direct impact and acknowledgement of his ministry. My friends, we have to acknowledge that Jesus' ministry is real and true to us because lives are forever changed. And then we must also acknowledge the resurrection of Jesus. Acknowledge the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus, miraculous birth, Holy Spirit conceived, born of a virgin, didn't have the nature we do, sinless, lived without blame, wore sin, rescued us, became sin on the cross so you and I wouldn't have to. He bore the, what, was, what was directly intended for us so that we could have a hope. In Luke 23, 34, we see Jesus in his final moments, Father, and this is the way he operated, forgive them, for they do, don't know what you are doing, for what they are doing, and the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. Talk about crazy, radical grace. Talk about crazy, radical love. And then Jesus' final breath in Luke 23, 46. And then Jesus shouted, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. And with those words, breathe his last. The earth trembled. It was complete. See, the resurrection changed lives because there is eyewitnesses to the resurrection we the resurrection we find this man who is this roman individual a roman soldier who when he sees this take place on the cross he gives his life to jesus we see when it comes to some of the individuals in jesus's life we see how the the ladies who came to the tomb and they saw firsthand that jesus was no longer in the tomb, changed their life. A man by the name of Peter who denied Jesus multiple times comes to the tomb and sees the resurrection existed. He acknowledges the resurrection and it gives him the boldness to then go from a man that denies Jesus to a man that is committed, believes, and goes on to change the world on behalf of Jesus. In Acts chapter 3, verse 15, when Peter, the apostle, the leader of the first century church, when he goes uh, hand in hand, combat in combat with the opposition, the naysayers, the people who rejected, despised, did not want Jesus, Peter says this, you killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead, and we are witnesses of this fact. It's a fact, my friends. People have tried to deconstruct it. They've tried to remove it. But yet, as much as we want to put it down, it keeps coming back up that the resurrection of Jesus existed and is still changing lives. And it's a fact we hold on to. 10 out of the 11 disciples 
all gave their life because they were eyewitnesses. Because they saw this, they held on to it, they gripped it, and they didn't let it go. John was the exception. John was exiled to an island, but ten all gave their life because of this eyewitness fact. There's this man by the name of Thomas. He was one of the disciples. He was known as Doubting Thomas. Oftentimes around Easter, we talk about Thomas because he gets a bad rap. But the truth is, when it comes to a guy like Thomas, how many of us have had doubts in life before? How many of us have doubted who God was at a time or two in life? God, where are you? God, I'm missing you. God, I'm struggling right here. God, I need you. Thomas, this man who doubted Jesus unless he could see him and touch him and experience him like us in this room, ends up going to give his life, taking the gospel into the region of India, modern-day India, being impaled by a spear by a chieftain because why? The resurrection drastically and radically changed his life. My friends, it's a fact. I'm asking you today, acknowledge that fact. These witnesses. So I've always struggled when it comes to some working theories. You know, when people say that maybe the Romans took the body of Jesus away from the tomb. I mean, that doesn't really make sense because if the Romans stole the body, that didn't go with culture. Because if you know anything about Romans, they would love to impale their enemies on crosses, on stakes, and show that, hey, we conquered that person. Or there's been theories about the resurrection when it comes to this idea of that the disciples came in and, and concocted this great idea, this great lie. Can you think about it? Twelve untrained, uneducated men hoodwinked for thousands of years. People like you and like me, the smartest people. It's been poked, it's been prodded, and people can't refute the resurrection happened. And then I want to come to this. We acknowledge the eternal message of Jesus. Acknowledge the eternal message of Jesus. I want to come back to that original question. How are we made right with God? My friends, fortunately for us, Jesus carried the load, so he makes it quite easy for us by simply having faith. Romans 3.22 says this, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. So it doesn't matter what happened last night. It doesn't matter what's happened in your past. Right now, you can be made right with God by having faith in Jesus. Notice what Paul didn't say. Paul did not say you have to be perfect. Paul did not say that you have to have your family all put together. Paul didn't say that you have to look a certain part, dress a certain part, act a certain part to be made right with God. What's Paul say? That you have to have faith in Jesus. Acknowledge the eternal message. When we have faith in Jesus, we come to this understanding that Easter, Holy Week, that we've experienced that Jesus on Friday some 2,000 years ago went to the cross, bore our sin and shame. Today we celebrate that the tomb is empty and that he is risen, giving us eternal life. 
It's the eternal message. See, Jesus, he never came to give us a religion. Jesus came to give us a relationship. Jesus cares about you. Acknowledge his eternal message. See, religion is about rules. A relationship is about people. Religion is about performance. A relationship is about what Jesus has done. Religion is about getting to God. Relationship is about God coming to us through his son, Jesus. Jesus came and gave us an eternal message, and he's offering that to us today. So my closing question to you is simply this. Are you made right with God? Do you truly have an authentic relationship with Jesus, therefore being made right with God? See, we are made right with God when we acknowledge and receive the complete work of Jesus in our life. I want to talk to two people, two groups of people in here. There's those that are in here that you're faithful, you come all the time. You come to church, you have a real relationship with Jesus, and you say, Pastor Blake, everything you talked about, I've learned from birth, and I'm holding true to that. Man, that's great. We love that. Continue to pursue that authentic relationship. But here at Faith, we also recognize that for many of you, maybe that moment in life, maybe you've kind of gone through the, the motions in life, and Jesus hasn't been the forefront of your life. Maybe you need to recommit, rededicate, reevaluate who Jesus can be in your life. Or maybe you're in here and you said, I've never even started a relationship with Jesus. Here in just a moment, the band is going to sing a song and when we stand, the prayer team will come forward. And I want to speak specifically to this group of people. If you are looking for hope, if you feel like relationships are broken, if you feel like you're struggling and there's a lot of confusion happening, what do I believe? How do I navigate life? We want to point you to one place, and that's here at our prayer moment, at our prayer wall. Step out in boldness. Start a relationship with Jesus. Your next step would be right here at our prayer wall. We have a prayer team that wants to stand with you and help you explore what it means to truly and authentically acknowledge Jesus. See, remember, today I'm not just asking you to acknowledge Jesus as a presence or a person in the room. I'm, I'm asking you to acknowledge Him as the Lord, leader, and Savior in your life and who He can be in your life. With that being said, I'm going to ask everybody if you'll go ahead and stand as we conclude in a song and then we'll have some closing remarks. And as we're standing, I'm going to invite our prayer team forward. I'm going to invite those who are looking to start a relationship with Jesus, that we have people who want to pray with you. This is a starting point for you. Thank you for joining us on Easter. We're going to pray and then let's sing. Lord, we give you this moment right now. You see the heart stirred, the minds moved. Lord, we pray right now that you lead us, that you guide us, that in this Easter season, that no matter what we come from, we know we can find hope and acknowledge you in our life. We're praying that those who are on the border, on the brink, who are struggling in every area that they come and experience your true grace, your radical love, and we acknowledge you today. We give you this moment. We give you this time. In your great and holy name, we all say 
Amen. Hey, thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or would like to speak to someone concerning this message, we invite you to fill out our online communication card at faithnfm.com. And if you're able, we'd love to have you with us in person on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 1045 a.m. or on the best night of the week for Wednesday prayer at 7 p.m. We're at 7101 Bayshore Road in North Fort Myers, just two miles west of I-75 at exit 143. Thanks again for listening.